Lincoln. Okay. Shelby. Everybody, this is the Motorcycle Men Podcast, Season Two, Episode Number Thirty. <laughs> Here we We're are at the petting zoo today. Here we are at the V Twin Cafe petting zoo. Um, <laughs> the V Twin Cafe petting zoo. <laughs> Um, we're here in the corner booth. My name is Ted, and uh, also known as Wrong Way. Now, now, maybe on your new sound effects, you have something there for for, for me. Don't do, no sheep, no sheep. Uh, yeah. What do you got? Got anything? Well, I'm here with. Okay, you know it's funny because my nickname when I was in the Navy, everybody called me Rooster. Believe it or not. And I'm here with Tim Buck Two. And also here with uh, here with Chris, the uh, Joker. <laughs> that's all you're going to hear for the rest of the show. Yeah, the rest Chris of the show is just sound, sound effects. Fight. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's okay. I'm not doing anything. It's playing myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi. We are here. We are episode thirty of season two. Uh, this is actually our. Believe it or not. No, I never forget. Okay. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial from audibletrial.com slash motorcycle men. Over 180,000 titles choose from for your iPhone, Android, and or MP3 player. Hello, kids. Hello. How are you guys doing? Hello. All right. All right. <laughs> so let's do a little quickly. We have a lot to cover tonight. We also have an interview coming up, so let's uh, quick week recap. Go. Uh, riding. Have you been riding, Tim? No. Except for the Valor ride. That That's it? Really? Ride. Seriously? I'm on vacation, so I'm doing a lot of family, uh, family so things. So vacation usually I'm, needs to ride more. I'm, I'm, okay, fine. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. How about you, Chris? Yes. I every ride day. to work every day. You ride to work then, every day? Then do other rides. Answer work, night riding. And yeah? You like that night riding. Yeah, I love night riding. There's really? no cars on the fucking road. This it's is so true. goddamn populated in the state. Cars the, ruin everything. The only thing you have to worry about at night is animals. That's it. Yeah. And you, we know how good you are with animals. Yeah, oh yeah they love me. <laughs> I have been riding. Well, now that I'm unemployed, <laughs> I, uh, I, no, you're temporarily I, retired. Temporarily, right? Exactly. I'm temporarily <laughs> retired. But now that uh, any little errands that I have to do, I take right. I take the bike, and I go ever and I, I ESR everything I do. I'm going everywhere, and I'm taking stupid pictures. And uh, just I'm going everywhere. Good. Uh, as you can saw, if you saw yesterday my Facebook post, I was doing a lot of stupid riding around, taking pictures of my lunch, because everybody likes to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw I, you took a picture of a tank. I did take a picture of a tank. Where was that? It was a tank down by me in Brick. There was uh, I was in front of a VFW. They had a tank. Nice. It was, it was a Sherman tank. Nice. Big big tank. So I took a picture of that. 
Don't they have one in front of McGuire Air Force Base too? Uh, I don't know. No, no, they no, have they, missles there, don't no, they? Fort Dix. Oh, they have a big or, or a plane, rocket or a missile. They have a jet on the front of it. That was yeah, they have a jet there and a jet in front of Lakehurst. They also had, uh, right, they had a missile. Oh no, I'm thinking of uh, Sandy Hook. They have missile. Uh, oh, they do. I they have missiles. That yeah. was that's new because last time I was there, they didn't have anything. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. So, uh, by, so uh, by the way, it was Tim's birthday last Friday. Yes, it was. Happy birthday, birthday Tim. Yay. Yeah. Did you do anything special for your birthday? We went out to dinner. You did? To Chili's. Did you really? Yes. Okay. And of cool. course, it poured like hell. Oh, oh man, that was a bad. Yeah, that's when that storm rolled in. Friday. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. So, I think it's been good. So, we all we all did the Valor Ride. Yes. Which is the Watterson Dunham, Dunham Valor Ride. Valor Ride. Uh, Watterson was a he was the cop in yeah, Clark. Clark and uh, yeah he died. In well, they were both Marines, but they right. and they were both ex-Marines. And then Dunham was a was a uh, Marine. Yep. and who was killed in duty. And uh, it's, both of them were killed in the line of work in duty. Largely, it's run by the Leathernecks, correct? Yes, the Leathernecks run it. And uh, Leather, our friend Danny Joy, who uh, heads the whole thing. Yeah, he's going he's to be a guest on a show in a, in a few weeks. Good. We're going to have him on. We're going to talk about that. And uh, they had, according to him, about three, 325 bikes. And uh, they raised just a little over $15,000. Now, of course, from that $15,000, they have to pay for the food. they got to pay for this. got to pay for that and all this stuff like that. So I'm surprised. I thought they would have made a lot more money. But it's a fantastic ride. It's a great ride. A little over 60 miles. Yep. Um, it was good. I mean, the, the, police escorted. Police escorted. You, yeah. you don't from the time you start to the end, you don't stop. It's pretty interesting where they block traffic, and for once, because uh, Deb rode with me, it was, and it, 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 we were commenting on how for once the cars had to wait for us. Yeah, it's great, and yeah. that was great. I, I, I kind of enjoyed that. I was laughing as we got on Route seventy eight, and they block off the, the state police were stopping traffic for us. I thought that was great. We kind of separated a little bit when we got on 78. Every kind of got Everybody kind of stretched out. Got kind of stretched that. out. And then there was like, pick a lane. Which lane are we going to be in? I know. Yeah. Know? Well, we should be in a fast lane. And, and we, we ended so up, we finally it, ended well, up. Well, because you need, you need the police to get up front. Yeah, of course. And they have, and they can't be weaving in and out of us. It's of not course safe not. No. For anybody, so. But it was, it was, it was great. It was a great, great ride. I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the Deb enjoyed it. Oh, she, she had a great time. She thought it was the coolest thing ever. She had never been on one of those. Mm-hmm. She had never been to a large motorcycle event before. So for her, that was the first time she's ever seen all that many motorcycles all doing the same thing all at the same time. Yeah, it's an awesome sight. It's, it's really, really cool. And, you know, I, just, I get chills every time I do it. It's right? great. Well, you know what? The This opening ceremony, it's, it's really a heartfelt yeah, thing. It's, it's, it's very emotional. You guys weren't even there. You guys were out in the parking lot. No, no, no. I turn around and you guys were out in the parking lot. We no, we were over to, we were over behind no, where they, we, yeah, where the, we the whole thing. We were there. We walked out to the parking lot after it was done. Yeah, after it was done. We were over. We were over by where the uh, where the where the uh, the door prizes were. That's yeah. where we were standing. We were exactly. over there. I never and, missed uh, that thing. I haven't missed oh, it in no. five years. That's a that's a really really amazing way to do that. Very emotional. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it is. It definitely is. It certainly is. And uh, well, that's what's interesting about this ride. A lot of people think that these kind of things are all Harley things, and that's not the truth. No, this is really it's about not. Watterson and Dunham. Yeah, right. It's, it's about n- anybody. Yeah, right. And anybody you're coming in supporting fallen heroes. So uh, you know, put the the vibrato and the uh, the horse shit aside, and, yeah. and if you ride and you want to be a part of it, or if not, if you just want to come near and uh, celebrate the, the whole event, doesn't matter what kind of bike there. you ride. That's the whole point. Does not matter what kind of bike That's you ride. We saw point. some rat bikes. We saw some custom bikes. We saw some weird three wheeled things. 
I don't know what that was. That I was don't know weird. what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was strange. There was there were sport bikes. There were adventure bikes. Uh, the guy that was next to me was on a KLR 650, and I know Rich from the Loud Pipes. He has a KLR 650. Nice. So there was that. Uh, God, it was all kinds of like you. You saw that uh, that rap bike that was a Virago. Yeah, it's awesome. That was pretty cool. I saw the second one in a couple months. I've seen that. Oh, really? Virago. That was pretty cool. They're, well, I mean, I talked to a lot of people. That Viragos are very popular. I like a lot of guys like to get those bikes and rip them into uh, yeah. custom bikes. Well, the ones we saw at uh, Maricade, they were yeah. very original, which was pretty yep. cool. Um, but it was great. I thought it was a great event, and I look forward to having uh, Danny in here. We'll talk about that. And I, I don't know. Did they do any other rides? Any other rides? Um, well, I mean, they had the Leathernecks have their, uh, their – their, they also have their barbecue every year. Yeah, I did, I did see – um, they don't do a ride with it? Uh, that I, I'm unsure, so I'm not going to say yes or no. I, I do know – I did see something about that. There's going to be another ride, and I think – they they Oh, like I know what a, it is. Not, it's, not necessarily rides, but I know they have, like uh, – they have, like, you know, barbecue events. You know? Yeah. I mean, but, and it's always for some. It might be for uh, for a lot of courses. You know oh, okay. It could be for some. But I just, in our upcoming events, there's, there is there is another event uh, that they're doing from the Deutsche Club that I'll bring up later. Yeah. Um, we'll talk to Danny about it. Just yeah, we'll talk. We don't, we, uh, we don't maybe, misquote anything. Right. Maybe or, we can get him in here. We'll talk about it. Maybe. I don't know if he's going to be a part of it. I think that's a Blue Knights thing now. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we should. We need to find out if the Leathernecks are doing anything else like that. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out. Uh, as you guys may or may know, if you've been listening to uh, us and the Loud Pipes podcast and the Throttle podcast, you've been you know that there's going to be the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge coming up August first through August thirty first. Um, so if you listen to Loud Pipes Throttled podcast and us, then you'll know about that. August first through August thirty first, uh, uh, Eat Sleep Ride is going to be compiling all the mileage data for this. <laughs> now. Uh, I, I learned a little something today. Uh, I contacted them and I asked them, what's the deal with this auto start stop thing? And they said that it works for iOS only, not for Android. And they even said, even with iOS, it's not reliable. So they recommend you don't use it, but just manually start it. Now, I know, Chris, you're having a problem with Eat Sleep Ride. And I know you're having a problem with it, too. It starts and goes on, on its own. Okay, it, start, it starts and stops on its own. And as I understand it, Chris, is it's hell on your battery, correct? Uh, yeah, 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 it juices my battery. And my, ba- my phone still does good, but it juices it a little bit noticeably. All right. And, but like I said, uh, it works, and then it uh, crashes. And okay. And it works. So what we're going to do for you guys, what you're going to do is, uh, on the first, take a picture of your odometer. And we'll email that to uh, the powers that be that are holding out to the data. And at the end, take a picture of the odometer, send that in too, and then they'll compile the mileage that way. Good. That's we'll good. do that. For me, I just... I'm going to take pictures. Cause I'll no, we'll, no we'll, I'll, we'll do I'll that. Keep, I'll keep doing it. I'll keep trying it. Well, yeah. No, no guarantee. Of course. Yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah. I use all the time. I don't have I'm, any problems. I'm, I'm at the break point of the year. I mean, I'm just like... I, I don't, well, the, see, Eat Sleep Ride... doesn't need, work, man. I, well, let's just say Eat Sleep Ride needs to know this, that it does not work. That yeah. uh, on your Android phone, it's crashing all the well, time. Well, he's got a, uh, a, a, Make sure he knows what phone. He you have the, the edge. Galaxy, th- uh, Galaxy Edge? 7S I have the Gal- I have the brand new Galaxy 7 Edge. Okay. I will let them know that. 7 Let me S write that edge. down. Edge S7. <laughs> Galaxy 757. Yeah, yeah. Galaxy, <laughs> Galaxy S7 Edge. Galaxy 7S Edge. Uh, that's what you have. And what do you have, Tim? I have the S5. You have the Galaxy, Galaxy uh, S5? Yes. Okay. All right. I will, I will let them know that that's what the deal is because they need to know these things uh, in order for this to work properly. But anyway... Found out also today that we're still the, the Cleveland Moto guys 
want in on this as well. Okay. And now the wheel nerds want to be in on it. Who's the wheel nerds? The wheel nerds are out in Utah. That's Chuck and Todd oh, in the right, wheel nerds. Right. They're, they want to be in it. Hey, and Utah? You, wait, that's not fair out there. Well, both just, of go, just go into this corner store and flip the miles. <laughs> yeah, right? They're going to murder everybody. Listen, <laughs> now keep in mind now. The way this is working yeah, it's is, it's not, it's and not, it's not to watch. well, it's not so, totally by mileage. It's not because, because then if anybody, if you, if I decided to do a saddle store one thousand, I'll kill everybody in one shot. What what happens is it's a point based system. For every twenty five miles you do, you get a point. I understand that. So, okay, so it's, it it's make, so it's adds up to the same thing no matter how you do it. Not necessarily. Maybe. Yeah. No, every twenty five miles you get a point. So if somebody's doing, you know. It's, you're going to have different so points. if you could, the way this works out, if you did 100 miles in one day, you're only going to get 30 points. Yeah, and if you do 30 it, because what happens <laughs> is for every 25 miles you get in one day, this counts in a day, you get one point, and then for any mile over that, you get any 25 miles over that, you get another point. So, and it's, like I said, you can get 30 miles for. It's uh, going to take you 25 days to get one point. Yes, and they were they were joking about that. The guys, are, Kevin and Larry, were joking about that on Throttle Podcast. They said, "Well, for you, for Tim." Uh, he would have to ride like 25 days straight just to get one point. <laughs> no, I'd get 25 plus one. Oh, plus one, right. <laughs> 26 points. <laughs> You're going to have to start doing more rides after work. Yeah, so. I know. We have to, have to well, who cracks work? me up? Because you posted that one ride you did from work, and it was only point nine. Right. It did come up point nine. It's not even a mile. Well, I took a shortcut. But don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you want every mile. You need every inch. Yeah, you, yes. I, can we I, do inches? Uh, you know, it's funny because just like I, well, we set Chris's up at, oh, over when we were at the Deutsche Club, and you set it up, and you start walking around, and it's like registering everything you did when you were walking yeah, around yeah, the parking lot. It, it recorded me walking around the grounds, but I recorded the whole fucking ride, come back, and then it programs. The program is unexpectedly ended, and I couldn't save the trip and lost everything. <laughs> you, you know, I was like, you fucking jerk. <laughs> Jesus. So anyway, so there we go. If you want to follow it was 117 this, seventeen miles though. Yeah, I, trip, I, I logged a big day that day, man. I had hundred and eighty something miles that day. So it was like remember, fifty-four I rode miles up. one way, fifty-four miles back. Right? No, it's not. It was only sixty miles. Oh no! Then you got to count. No, you're, you throw in the four miles from from our house to the Deutsche Club. Then Eight. from there, we did the ride. Eight it's so going to be far. a little more for you, naturally, because you're three more miles away from my house. I had 95, right? That's what I read. Yeah, I don't yeah, care. I can't have you fucking 95. Because me and him both had the same amount, 170 miles. No, no, no. I had more than, well, yeah, well, you can't count that because, man, I, I already rode 50 miles How on the way there. How can we go there. by you anyway? Because yeah. <laughs> you, yours didn't work after the time. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> we can't really go by you. Yours could go on. No, because I only started and I wasn't my, that's right. And no, I forget everything I just said because <laughs> I started that's, it. That's already done. I already forgot it. <laughs> I started it. I started it when we left the Deutscher Club on the ride. Okay? And then when I got back, it said 117 miles. Oh, okay. You get what I'm saying? Sure. So that's from the Deutsche Club. <laughs> why? Why is that so, so shocking? Because it wasn't that Cut far. Cut it in half. It wasn't that far. That means one way was only fifty fucking miles. I don't think. We, I don't think we went fifty miles. What are you talking? About? You, what? In order for us to do a hundred miles the way we did it, non-stop riding, it would have took us almost three hours, or two and a half hours. And we only two and a half hour ride. No, it wasn't two hour ride. We left at 12 o'clock. Hour, hour yeah. and a half, tops. And we got back at like 2 o'clock. No, you didn't. 
because I was over there at one thirty, and I, I left right, right, right around the corner from there. Huh. All right. So, distance-wise, well, then no it just way. comes back to ESR doesn't work for fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, it's too frustrating now. I know. I don't want to fucking do it. <laughs> fuck, the yeah, time. fuck the challenge. All right, no, you're in. Don't worry about I'll it. You're just like I said, just take fuck a yourself on every no. point. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here comes the call. Okay. Here comes the call. Here comes the call. Okay. Here on a phone with us now. Phone. Would you say phone? I Skype. Skype. We're on Skype. Is um, Ed Becker from the Snell Foundation with uh, Dennis Anashunko, uh one of the engineers there. How you doing, Ed and Dennis? I'm just fine. Welcome to the motor. Welcome to the motorcycle men. Welcome, guys. Welcome. So, why don't you go ahead and tell us about the Snell Foundation so our listeners have an idea of what this is. Well, uh, the Snell uh, Memorial Foundation came about after William Pete Snell died uh, in a, as a result of a crash in an amateur auto race in August of 1956. Dr. George Snively and Pete's friends and widow incorporated the Snell Memorial Foundation a year later to uh, memorialize Pete and to encourage the development, production, and use of better crash helmets. First Snell stamp, uh, helmet standard was published in 1959 and was based on Snively's testing and estimate of what the top 10% of helmets been available to do. Snively revised the standards uh, upwards every few years afterwards. The market began to catch up. That's uh, moving the goalposts. The uh, start to catch up Hey, Ed, you're breaking up a little bit. Ah. <laughs> you're breaking up just a little bit there. We started to lose you. Uh, pulling a lot of static in from your side, I know. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, we'll, we'll blame it on uh, who we're going to blame it on. We'll blame it on Ted. <laughs> so tell us, what uh, Ed, what, what is your function there? And Dennis, exactly what do you do at the, at the foundation? Well, I'm the executive director slash chief engineer. Uh, these days, I mostly return salute while the... Uh, Test X, lab manager, and Dennis uh, keep the crank turning on the Snell program. Dennis? Uh, the program actually runs by itself by now, after right, so okay. many years. Uh, yeah, uh, everyday operation goes smoothly, but yeah. when we have a, some kind of interesting case, then our chief engineer is ready to help. All right. Is there any new technology coming out in helmets? Uh, actually, helmets are pretty mature uh, technology, at least as far as the uh, crash uh, protection end of it goes. Uh, EPS, that uh, expanded polystyrene, uh, same stuff that coffee cups are made out of, and uh, beer coolers. Uh, so you're uh, saying that my head is protected by coffee cups? the uh, 1950s. And uh, these days, helmets are still based on that same... Shell, uh, rigid shell, and EPS technology. The only difference is that uh, the uh, helmets have gotten bigger and heavier, and those uh, EPS liners have gotten thicker, and the shells have gotten more rigid. All right, so now, when testing your helmets, how many tests does a typical helmet go through? Well, uh, actually, it gets a whole bunch. Uh, we've got tests for retention systems, the, the chin straps, uh, the chin bars. Uh, for some helmets, we look for flame resistance. We test the face shields for uh, particle penetration. We look at peripheral vision uh, and all of that. But the critical tests all have to do with impact. Right. That's the big one I want to know oh, about. Of course. Now, when, when, when you do your tests, uh, do you, are, are you testing all types of helmets, including racing, full modular, 
three-quarter or half and those Scully helmets? Well, uh, we have standards for just about every kind of crash helmet, uh, the kind that someone might wear for protection from a, an infrequent but severe head impact. Uh, right now we have active programs for motorcycle, auto racing, bicycle, harness racing, and horseback riding helmets. Um, but uh, for motorcycle helmets, uh, we, we figure it applies to helmets that could be used for any kind of motorcycling, as well as snowmobile, jet ski, powerboat racing, and so on. Okay. And if a manufacturer cared to submit a helmet, we'd be happy to consider it, whether it's full face, uh, modular, three-quarter, or even a shorty half helmet configuration. Okay. Have uh, you ever tested a, a Scully helmet, the, the smaller helmets? We, uh, we've seen a few come in, but uh, so far none have been submitted for Snell certification. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. But uh, at this point, uh, I guess they're still developing, and they haven't figured out how to get... Uh, uh, a marketable product with uh, Snell levels of protection uh, built into it. Right, so right. They're building to uh, European and uh, DOT, I think. Okay. Now let me ask you this. I, I I know this is one of the questions I threw at you, but uh, you guys also, I, I guess, do you do a, a certification on like cycling helmets as well? Uh, bicycling, yeah. Okay. Now, by comparison, and this is going to sound like a stupid question, but I have to ask: Would a cycling helmet offer the same protection? As a motorcycle helmet, definitely not. Okay, and is it is it because it is there's constructed differently, or is it because of the outer shell? Uh, there's a difference in construction. Most of the bicycle helmets uh, don't have a uh, a stiff outer shell the way a motorcycle helmet does. Right. And uh, certainly, none of the standards, including the Snell standards, are asking for nearly the level of protection that uh, that we uh, routinely demand the motorcycle helmets. Okay, and I ask that because I have seen people riding ATVs with cycling mountain bike helmets on, mm-hmm. and I go, "Is that safe?" And apparently not, right? Well, uh, you know, a I bicycle guess it's better than nothing. Still buy them a whole lot of protection, uh, much more say than a uh, one of those skid lid. Uh, Bogus helmets. Uh, <laughs> you mean like a novelty helmet, Chris? Yeah, uh, exactly. Like <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, they they can certainly uh, wear a much more helmet, and uh, uh, I figure that uh, on a on, on a motorized vehicle, they they certainly opt to. Okay. Now, so as far as it goes for motorcycle helmet brands, uh, do you test any, or does the brand have to submit that to you for testing? One more time, I missed that. Uh, with regard to helmet brands, you have Showy, Arai, and of course Harley Davidson, and all that. They they make HTC. their own helmets. HTC uh, and Bell. Now, do they do they have to voluntarily submit their helmets to you for testing, or is this something you just grab off the shelf and test? Uh, actually, they have to voluntarily submit. Oh. Uh, the helmet's not going to meet our standard unless it's been designed uh, with the Snell demands in mind. Right. I see. Now, does that do you get uh, manufacturers like say here test this? Um, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> send us uh, uh, a set of samples and uh, all the necessary information, telling us what they want. We get lots of helmets in here, so uh, without that pre-test information, we're not we're not going to know what the hell uh, to do with the helmets. Okay. Now, are manufacturers doing this on a yearly basis, or each time there's a design revision, or is uh, actually we revise the standards about every five years, and every five years uh, everybody resubmits uh, 
generally, they have to take into account uh, maybe some uh, increased demands or uh, requirements, but uh, they will submit helmets voluntarily. We'll put them through the paces, uh, and if the helmets meet the requirements, then uh, they're welcomed into the program. Okay. Uh, how long does one test take on one helmet? How long, how long is the testing process? Uh, generally, the techs can get through uh, a full set of helmets in uh, half a day or so. Oh, okay. Now, is, is, does the test involve baseball bats at all? Uh, no, not <laughs> these days. Uh, we've got a, uh, a number of uh, devices that will uh, stress the uh, chin straps and the uh, uh, chin bar and the uh, full-face helmets. Uh, we've got a uh, pellet, uh, penetration test for the face shields. And for impact, we'll actually uh, put the helmet on a uh, on a magnesium head form, big chunk of metal shaped roughly like a human head. Oh, okay. Wow. Drop it onto an impact surface from, at a given velocity. Right. Uh, and measure the uh, shock transmitted through the helmet into the head form. Ooh. Doesn't sound pleasant. No, not at all. <laughs> Having had an accident, <laughs> I know it, yep. it feels like to hit a ground with a helmet. I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It sucks. <laughs> Is it, so remember it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Well, he thinks I'm he does. Remembered everything before and after. <laughs> now, uh, what about? Um, is there? What's the difference between a regular uh, strap on on the uh, the helmets and the uh, the uh, the clip the clip ons? One more time. God, that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, so some helmet uh, helmet manufacturers are putting quick releases on their on their chin straps, oh. and there's also aftermarket things you can put on your helmet straps that makes it a quick release. I, are are they tested as well, or are they recommended? Um, we test a uh, whole helmets as they come in the door, uh, so we don't look at helmet accessories uh, uh, or anything like that unless they come in on the certification set that the manufacturer submits. And we generally recommend against uh, people modifying uh, their helmets uh, after they buy them and take them home. So and so that so that means the quick release that I just put on my helmet should not be there. Um, <laughs> if you want to put a quick release on it, no one's going to drive out to your house and strip uh, <laughs> out the stick. But uh, you, you're certainly taking uh, a chance. If okay. it's done correctly, uh, some modifications may even be worthwhile. But uh, there's a whole lot of chances to screw up something like that as well. Yeah, no, I no. can see the quick release not being as good as a. Yeah, probably strap. not because it isn't made of plastic. Now, yeah, when you say impact, that thing could snap. When you say modifications, for example, I see a lot of guys putting GoPros and other cameras on their helmets. Now, granted, they're just stuck on there. Do they have any effect whatsoever on the helmet? Uh, we uh, actually uh, recommend against any kind of uh, helmet mount, helmet mounted accessory like a GoPro. Oh, really? Uh, they, uh, Is that because a, that becomes uh, an impact point? Uh, impact point or a source for torques, uh, you know, put extra stress on the neck. Yeah, maybe they just load up a uh, a small portion of the shell and uh, cause it to fold inwards in an impact. And that would not that's that right. would not be good. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a difference between the uh, European standards versus DOT standards? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, I think that the uh, DOT standard is actually more demanding, and everything I've heard from Europe suggests that that's the case. Uh, I was calculating that uh, DOT is looking for ten percent more. Uh, energy management, and they test all over the helmet, whereas in Europe they've got uh, 
five specified spots where they uh, they actually hit the helmet. Okay. So now, with regard to that, you have your American helmet manufacturers, Japanese, European, and Chinese helmet manufacturers. Uh, how do they stack up against each other? Um, actually, they're, they're all pretty competent. We uh, think very highly of the uh, Japanese manufacturers in the program. Uh, they're all making uh, you know top-shelf helmets. Okay. If there's a problem in China, it's that uh, they will build exactly what the customer wants. And uh, if the customer uh, wants something that he can sell quickly and cheaply, uh, they're liable to fix them up with it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, brain, the cheap, the cheap brain buckets, that's where they all come from, China. Yeah. Uh, they can build a good helmet, though. We've seen it. Okay. Now, as far, now here's, the, here's the big question which is on everybody's mind. Tell us about helmet age and how that impacts the performance of a helmet. Yeah. Uh, it's the uh, wear and tear from uh, regular use of a helmet that uh, we figure takes it down. Uh, Dr. Snively, uh, Snell's founder, uh, did a bunch of tests on helmets that he got from retiring CHP officers. And what he found was that uh, some helmets as old as uh, 12 years uh, performed like new out of the box. But other helmets that looked just as good uh, uh, had been uh, deteriorated almost down to nothing. And what causes the deterioration? Uh, he figured that it was uh, wear and tear, regular use, uh, sweat. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say sweat. Maybe just mistreatment, whatever it was. But he uh, finally concluded that after five years, he could no longer stand behind the Snell certification. Wow. Oh, okay. So is would... Well, that leads me to then what would be the reason behind the recommended age replacement of a helmet, which is every three, four, or five, or six years? What is it? What, what is the recommended? Well, he came up with uh, five years, unless the manufacturer who knows what materials went into his helmet uh, came up with something less. Uh, and the five years is based on uh, when the helmet was first put into service. He had done another series of tests where he just left a bunch of new helmets out on a garage roof in the Sierras exposed to the elements Ooh. and then would bring a couple in for testing every uh, every few years or so. Right. And he found there that all those helmets continued to test like they were new out of the box. So it's not comfortable to wear after five years. <laughs> so when you when you say testing now, now we're talking about the interior or the exterior of the helmet. Oh, uh, we're talking about uh, just how well they protect a metal head form from a severe impact with a uh, solid steel anvil. Right. Wow. And uh, uh, that's all he was looking at. Okay. So, but that's, I mean, ultimately, that's all you really can look at because. I mean, uh, as, as good as any helmet is, ultimately, it doesn't prevent your brain from moving around inside your skull and knocking you out. Uh, it just keeps, it keeps your brain inside your skull, which is a good thing. <laughs> and, and keeps it from tearing itself apart. Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. Big shock passes through it as well. Right. Now, the impact test that you're doing, does it simulate a certain speed or G-force? Yeah, that's uh, it uh, simulates a, uh, uh, a speed, uh, an impact velocity. And uh, what we're looking at really is just a component uh, uh, of velocity that goes straight into our steel anvil. We don't have any tangential uh, motion to, uh, that might cause uh, the helmet and the head 
head form to rotate. Okay. It's just straight head-on impact. So it mostly is going to protect you from the uh, fall from the bike or however high you were thrown in the air. Right. Now, now the impacts are done in different parts of the helmet, correct? Oh, yeah. Uh, we uh, draw a test line around the uh, uh, helmet, and uh, it's laid out in the standard. And then uh, we hit uh, at any point uh, above or on that test line. Now, as I understand it, the modular helmets are not recommended. Is that is that true? Uh, not so, really. Oh, okay. uh, we've, we've actually certified a, uh, uh, a few uh, configurations over the years. Uh, no one has gotten a, a full size range uh, through the program as yet. And uh, right now, there's none of those uh, modular helmets that we certified in production. Oh wow! We're happy to welcome in, uh, welcome them in. I think they're afraid to send them to you. <laughs> I mean, something um, about a big anvil and a metal bar that they're smacking yeah, them yeah. with. I don't know. Uh, have yeah. Have any manufacturers submitted to you a carbon fiber helmet? Yes. And now, how does that does that impact? Does that change the the, the gameplay here at all? Uh, not really. Uh, the helmet still has to perform. Uh, you know, meet the same uh, test requirements uh, as ever. Now, do you see that the carbon fiber performs better or worse than your standard helmet? Well, uh, what you know, if 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 there's a uh, an improvement, uh, generally they uh, spend it lightening up the helmet to uh, take advantage of it. Uh, you may be able to build a lighter, maybe even sleeker helmet with uh, carbon fiber than uh, than you can with more traditional materials. Okay. Uh, now there are helmets out there. They have, they're they're smart helmets. That have the whole, uh, you know, heads-up display and built-in. We're talking helmets that are in excess of twelve hundred dollars. Now, what do these people do after five years? Do they just chuck the helmet out and then go buy another twelve hundred dollar helmet, or can they be retrofitted with all the necessary gear? That I don't know. Uh, okay. We have not gotten any of those. Uh, you have not. Yeah, helmets in for certification. I wonder uh, why. See, I mean, have 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 you ever inquired? You know, hey, let's test this helmet out, and they just go no. Well, uh, if, in order for us to do that, we'd actually have to buy the helmet. No. And, uh, <laughs> we we can't afford to uh, lay out that kind of bucks for. So right? I have to uh, I have to assume then that manufacturers who are producing these twelve hundred dollar helmets are not saying here Snell beat this with a metal bar. Yeah, that's exactly uh, the case. <laughs> okay. Okay, now, probably this is one question that I had actually asked. I believe you actually answered this for me, Ed, in my email. Uh, what is the performance difference between a 10-year-old helmet and a brand-new one? And that, uh, as, as with those uh, CHP helmets that uh, Snively tested, there might be no difference at all. Oh. And, uh, and then... Uh, so, a, a, is, at that point, is it just a toss of the dice to see if your head's going to survive or not? So well, about wear and tear. Uh, he even mentioned it. There's no way for us to know. Oh, okay. Uh, the uh, range of performances out of a 10-year-old helmet uh, can uh, go from uh, good as new all the way down to zero. And uh, just where it's going to be, uh, you can't tell by looking at the helmet. Okay. Okay, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, because of all the in football, in United States football, they've been coming up with new uh, helmet re- uh, law rules that now these helmets have inflatable bladders inside the helmets. Has any helmet come in for motorcycle riding been anything like that? 
We've seen a few uh, helmets come in with uh, uh, little uh, pumps that will uh, pump up the cheek pads and areas uh, under the uh, occiput kind of to uh, uh, maybe give you a better fit. Uh, I don't know that any of them has uh, succeeded greatly in the market. It's it's a nice feature. Now how did the testing go on those? Yeah. The testing went well? Uh, the, they test like uh, any other helmet. You know, the, uh, the bladders are usually well away from uh, the uh, test line yeah. down uh, toward the uh, base of the skull. But they don't have it for the top of the helmet then? No, not really. And hmm. It's not really necessary. There's not a whole lot of... Uh, nerves or anything uh, the tops of uh, most people's heads uh, don't vary that uh, dramatically uh, at least not the same way the cheeks and uh, neck do okay okay now can anybody just send you a helmet and just say look i've got this 12 year old helmet that i've been wearing can you test this and see if it's been any good can, can the general public just send you a helmet uh, they could. Uh, our contract uh, with the manufacturers uh, complicates us sharing any information with them. Okay. Uh, and by the time we get finished testing the helmet, They're it's not no want good it. for anybody anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's much point. But uh, we do encourage uh, uh, people, especially with crashed helmets, you know, if they'll send us a helmet, uh, maybe Ooh, really? in a what happened, what the outcome was. We'd certainly like to look I at it. I would love to send you a helmet. No, he's got a novelty helmet. I, 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 I have it, my helmet from my accident. <laughs> yeah. And I hit the ground so hard, I cracked the helmet right in, right in the side. But it's a novelty helmet. Let's keep that in mind. Yeah, that's all right. I, I'm still interested. I would like to know. Because I, I do know, because I, I had asked Ed the question that uh, about my 12-year-old Harley helmet that I have. It's a three-quarter helmet. And uh, I believe you, you said to me that... Uh, it was determined that uh, do I want um, any? What do I want? How'd you? I can't remember how you worded it. Something about uh, do I want to trust a twelve-year-old helmet between my, uh, yeah, between my brain and the ground? I don't right. know if I wanted to <laughs> test that. Did you want to gamble your head? Right, exactly. <laughs> I know. Well, let me ask you this: Do you ride? No, I don't. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I got into this mostly because I had a background in. Uh, 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 human uh, dynamic testing and uh, engineering. That's, that sounds scary. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think seeing seeing uh, fake heads getting smashed on the head daily probably doesn't make you want to get on a bike anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you actually do the testing, Ed? Do you actually like beat the helmets with a stick? Uh, I've done it, uh, not yeah. with a stick, but uh, <laughs> certainly. Uh, How about Dennis? Uh, Dennis? Dennis, do you do that? Dennis. Pardon? Yeah. Uh, usually, I provide tools for that. Oh, you have tools, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't Sledge actually hammer. just pick up the big, <laughs> the big thing. Is just... right. Now, this is a little more sophisticated. We have an information system which handles all our testing, so it's all software. Control. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, uh, Dennis, do you ride? Uh, not really. I do have a license. Mm. I. You don't really said, ride? You know, we saw so many head injuries information. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Maybe we shouldn't be talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> well, gentlemen, do you have any questions you want to ask us about our aging helmets? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Chris, you have any other questions you want to ask him? No, I'm good. How about you, Tim? Well, I want to thank you, Ed and uh, Dennis. I want to thank you very much for joining us on the Motorcycle Man podcast. Uh, this is really great. I'm glad you came on. I really appreciate all the information you've given us. Yeah, a lot of people and are going to like, gonna like this. This is great. Um, so I will take my 12-year-old helmet, and I will screw it to the wall. And I'll just make that a just little monument piece. That's what I should do, right? That's what we recommend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, one more, one more question. As far as it goes for, and this is probably going to, this question is probably going to answer itself. But as far as it goes for half helmet, three quarter helmet, full helmet, uh, is there any safety difference in them if they're certified by Snell? That. Uh you know, uh, we think there is, but uh, the uh, the data have not come in uh, to support that. We uh, uh, need to look, need to get the research done to see what's happening to the people who wear the helmets that we and DOT and EC are recommending. So, after somebody, if somebody should have a crash, they should basically just send their helmet to you, correct? <laughs> uh, that would be uh, that'd be great. That'd with, be with a list of the injuries, of course. Uh, of course, but uh, what we're looking for really is massive amounts of data. There's more ways to go off a motorcycle than anybody could think of. So uh, uh, the best kind of uh, epidemiological data comes from uh, looking at thousands of crashes and uh, trying to abstract uh, results out of that. And the problem is that uh, uh, nobody's even sure in most of those cases whether there was a helmet involved at all let alone what kind of helmet. Okay. Wow. Wow, that's we, interesting. We've, we've so, gotten so, a few hints, but uh, that's about it. So uh, so if you want to contact the um, Snell uh, Memorial Foundation, that's www.smf.org, uh, and you could uh, send your helmet to them, They contact them. They have a phone number. Uh, there's also info at smf.org. And a phone number, uh, I guess this is the corporate number. It's 916 Five zero seven three, and uh, if you have if your if your brain hits the ground with your helmet, you could send your helmet to them and tell them what happened, and they'll figure it out. Right? Yeah, you got to give them them some a chance to figure out what's going really? on out there with everybody. Yes, because yeah, uh, I, I know I know a lot of users. In there. Yeah, I know a lot of users are really reluctant to give up their helmet after five years, especially when they spent a lot of money on it. Yeah. Um, but I guess I have a twelve-year-old helmet. Take care of it. Yeah, I mean, if you take care, of it, even if you take care of your helmet really well, that doesn't mean that its its performance is what it was when you first bought it. Correct? Um, nobody knows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so it. It's a turkey shoot. All right, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, moment it starts to change. <laughs> right. Uh, our so, testing relies on lots of helmets being the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. All right, well, thank you very much, Ed and Dennis. I appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we'll have this show for you to listen. We'll let you know when it's posted, and uh, we really, really appreciate your income, and uh, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All right, you. guys, take care now. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, there you have it. That was uh, Ed Becker from the Snell Foundation, Snell Memorial Foundation. Yes, it was with good to talk to Dennis Onoshenko. Learned something. We learned a lot of cool things about, hel- about helmets, and it's um, yeah, very cool. So it's obviously that uh, if yeah, I like information like that. Yeah, it's I mean, cool. That, it's good. It's good to know because people are always asking us. You know, like you get that because you, you know what you know what happens without talking to professionals like that. You have a lot of hearsay, right? Oh, yeah. And you always have people. Oh, my helmet's better than your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> 
My helmet costs twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, guess what? Five so years you're gonna throw it away and get yeah, a new one. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And it, yeah, and from what he said, I mean the twelve hundred dollars could mean jack shit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like I said, you're like I got my Your my, eighty dollar helmet could be just as good as a twelve hundred dollar. I'm like, great. The helmet that I my very first helmet that I got was a three quarter helmet from Harley Davidson and I still have it. It's beat the crap on the outside. It's got chips in the paint. It's all scratched and whatever, blah, blah, blah. The visor's kind of crappy. But you know what? I, I wear it once in a while, but the straps are fine. But do I want, like he said, do you want to trust that, your brain to that? Yeah. yeah. When he says it that way, you go you like, hit, ah, maybe you hit not. the ground and it, and it just uh It just, just it sh- like disintegrates a, like, a, like a glass. Like an egg. <laughs> <laughs> this is your brain in a crappy helmet. <laughs> But uh, that was that, so that was pretty good, you know. And um, moving on, I've got some cool news, some very interesting news. Now there is. I'm going to read this. This is uh, Victory Motorcycles is proud to announce that their Swiss endurance rider, uh, yours Grizzly uh, Petreda, achieved a new world record by riding across five continents in less than 120 days. Wow. And he did it on the Victory Cross Country Tour. The one I wanted. The one that you wanted. Okay. He covered roughly 47,390 miles in 72 riding days. Wow. Think about that. 72 days, he rode 47,000 miles. Oh, sorry. 72 days and 13 hours. <laughs> and by the time he reached the celebration in his honor down at the Velocity Motorsports in New Smyrna Beach, Florida on July 10th, uh, this article is from the Rider Magazine and also from the uh, newsletter that Victory Motorcycle sends out. Apparently, the motorcycle was slightly modified. Uh, the engine, the frame, uh, and what, is, what was that? The engine and the frame remained the same. They were stock. So they made slight modifications to it. So the they didn't say probably, what. Right? Probably the suspension. Yeah, I'm thinking the suspension. And that's probably it. But they didn't modify the bike at all. Well, kind of did they list any, any issues that he had throughout the drive? No, they did not. And that's just yeah, it. That's I'm, I'm curious. How, how do you leave that information out? I'm curious. Because especially with all the heavy riders that might be listening. And this guy does a massive, like, unbelievable right, ride right. like that. Exactly. I uh, want to know how the bike did. Yeah, right. How did it hold I, up? What kind of bike was it? If I didn't, if I didn't, what was modified on it? How did it do? Did well, it let's break get down victory on the line. Let's, know, let's get victory days? on the line. Let's talk to victory. Okay. Here's a little thing. Is it from? Uh, he went. I, I mean, this they they lay out his whole itinerary in the story, which is from Victory's newsletter. And uh, let me see. Uh, there's a little thing about what they did with the bike. Uh, he loaded it. it got they, they flew it by plane from certain places to certain places because obviously he couldn't ride across the ocean. Duh. Uh, but the let me see the time of positioning. They should have did what they did in uh, Top Gear and made it into like a boat thing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. <laughs> uh, they they did really didn't get into get into what they did to it. They just said that basically everything. Re- but how okay, did it, it do? They said the victory uh, cross country tour used for this record setting ride was specially modified. Okay. By Motor Styling Zurich. Okay. While the engine frame and running gear remained relatively untouched, other parts of the bike have been redesigned to fit Grizzly's needs as he covers long distances in remote parts of the world. Right. But they don't how say how did it do. How did it do? He obviously finished the ride 
But how many times did the freaking things break down? That, re- what, that reeks what, what, of fixed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean was, that's, was he riding with a support I'm crew sorry, behind him? I'm sorry. That's probably one of the most important things you want to hear about a ride is how did the bike Can we, can we get somebody from Victory on? Yeah. I, I'm sure we'll, they'll be so honest. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be so honest. I'm sure the bike I don't floated I for really, 120 days like it was on air. I have no and there idea. there wasn't one scratch on it. And it was perfect. Do I sense a little sarcasm there? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not Man. good at that, but is I it that sarcasm? It, I bet the bike was perfect to them. Perfect. No scuffs in the paint. No scuffs, nothing. Nothing at all. I mean, just, it the was tires just. Tires were like new. Tires were brand new when he got Brand new when he like started, brand new when he finished, right? Yep. Is that what you're, sa- is that yep. what you're saying? That's, that's what Is happened. that what you're getting at? You're that's th- what I'm predicting. Maybe you're it. thinking <laughs> that the whole thing, are you, are you saying you think the whole thing was a sham? No. But I just think, I mean, you don't, hey, I'm going to bust your balls. If I'd, like, me, I'd like to show you what this is. But if you're here's not a, telling me what, how the bike did. Here's uh, a picture. Telling me that the bike was modified and here's that a picture it went of the 120 bike. days. There's a picture of the bike right there. Okay. See, right there. There's yeah. a picture of the bike. All right. All right. So, uh, and there's that. Boom. I was on Route 66 for a while. Okay. So, it just looks like a touring bike. They loaded up with all kinds of stuff. And yeah. And just went away. It. But, uh, again, they don't say. I want to know how it did. How it did. I just, that's all I want. I just think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, I know. Uh, I just want to know too. Don't care about the uh, now from Motorbike Writer Magazine. You're going to find this interesting, Chris, because I know these things just toil around in your mind. Uh oh. All right, Motorbike Writer Magazine. This came from them. Uh, we already know. Well, first of all, that motorcycle riders are far more attractive and daring and adventurous than your ordinary folk. Right. Right. <laughs> we, know, we know that. <laughs> we know that. Um, but there was a survey. The Brits ran a survey of a thousand adults, and they were asked to rate how attractive the opposite sex were if they were dressed as motorcyclists or if they were dressed in regular driving clothes. Okay. Okay. Go now, ahead. Now, in five out of six cases, members of the general public dressed as motorcyclists, people who were not riders, who were dressed as motorcyclists, were found to be more attractive than when they were dressed as regular drivers. Does that surprise you? No. Not at all. Okay. Those who owned motorcycles were rated as more adventurous with a 34% rating more. They were more daring at 28% and more fun. So motorcyclists are more fun, more daring, and more adventurous than people who drive cars. Of course. Of course. Okay. The survey also found that this cracks me up. You guys are going to love this. The survey found that one in four males pretended to own a motorcycle. Ah. We were just having a discussion with a buddy of mine that we know somebody who's a poser, so to speak. No kidding. See, that's a okay. poser. Not somebody who doesn't. Uh, a poser. Doesn't literally has had a bike for f- uh, 13, 14 years, 600 miles on it. Oh, my God. Poser. And and I heard from other people that knew him, he was that guy. He'd he was the guy. He and talk to girls. Yeah, I like, got a bike. I got a bike. I ride. That's Bullshit. <laughs> The survey also found uh, they a lot of guys. It says it was a, uh, they pretended. Thirty-one percent said they would learn how to ride if it would impress a potential partner. Oh, that's fucking stupid. A homosexual partner. A homosexual, yeah, a homosexual <laughs> partner. <Ted. laughs> we knew that was coming. Uh, um, the spokesman for the UK Motorcycle Insurance Brokers Agency said that the survey 
was designed to change the public's perception of bikers and overturn any negative stereotypes. Wow. See, this is in the UK. You're always gonna have, you know what? You're always going to have the negative uh, stereotypes. Of course. You want to know why? Because it's all the, the diversity of, of, of bikers out there. You know, the arrogance, the assholes, sure. whatever. I mean, granted, any one of us, I don't care what the fuck you're riding, you're, you're that Yeah. at one point or another um, to a certain extent. What are you um, saying? Yeah, everybody, we're all assholes. <laughs> we're all adventurous assholes. But you know what? The survey also said, the company that conducted the survey was also the same company that found out that motorcycle riders are safer on the roads than car drivers. Well, we have to. I mean, I, I can We have to be. How can you not be? Because when you're on a bike and, and everybody who rides knows that you've got to keep your head on a fucking swivel. Oh, yeah. You, like you Tim says, to, riding oh on my season, right? You've got to watch the, right. the, the car coming out of the side of the road. Yeah. From behind, I mean, you, you're. You, you, it's. It could you be exhausting. Be yeah, it, <laughs> it could oh. be exhausting. You know, you yeah. got to be very, very weary. And plus, not only just cars, but then, then if you ride out in country land and stuff like that, you country watch land, country land. Where's country land? Tim, do you know where country land, land is? <laughs> next we have to fire up. We have to fire up Google Maps and go to deer, country land, which I know we've ridden with a number of people. Have oh, I've had issues with deer. Obviously. You've had issues with deers. Yes. Uh, very dangerous, but yeah, I mean, uh, that doesn't deer's on the side of the road. Yeah, they yeah, weren't yeah. even in the road. I haven't heard any sound effects out of you today, and I'm really disappointed. Yeah, I know. Well, come on. Again, you know what this is? This is the month of July, and you know what happens in July, boys? What? My favorite thing in the world. Oh, let's pass this next. Come week. on, right, no, the Tour okay. de France. Let's go to level D. No, 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 no. We have to. No, come on. Wait, no, no, Tour no, de France has nothing to do with motorcycles. It did. No, it does. It's very much. <laughs> Kawasaki is the official motorcycle supplier of the Tour de France. Did you know that? Okay. okay. Go ahead. The, the bikes that follow the bikes? 30. Yes. KLV 1000s and ZRXs are used. 30 motorcycles. This for uh, stewards, medical first aid, observers, and timekeeping. Does that job pay well? I would love to do that. I, I would I love to do that. I would, I would be all over that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Bikes are limited to 100 horsepower or less. What? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, they're just cruisers. I mean, it, no, 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 no. They're they're sport touring bikes. You know, but sport touring. Bikes. You don't need to be blasting 150 miles an hour with no. that. No, of course not. I mean, the fastest you're going to go is 60 miles an hour. Yeah, with the with the uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, BMWs are also used, but they're used mostly by news and sports media agencies. Yeah, they those provide are what their own see a bikes. Lot. You always see the guys with the cameras sitting on the back of those. That's bikes. it. Those, those actually, believe it or not, here, which brings me to this: of the 260 TV cameras that are used throughout the tour. At least 10 are on motorcycles. And these guys are twisting around all over. (laughs) This year, there are 240 photographers, and each one of them received accreditation uh, by the tour organizers, and that means that at least 50 will be riding pillion on a motorcycle. Right? My bike doesn't do that anymore. No, it does something yes, else. Yes, it was squeaky. That's what I said to you. That's you're... different. I know you call me squeaky, and I try to figure yeah, out why. Yeah, because I was driving past you, and you were squeaking again. Some sort, it was a weird squeak. It wasn't even Yeah, it wasn't. Squeak. Chris said the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's it's that's something it, different. It sounded. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's, the, it's very, not um, constant either. No. So it sounds uh, it sounded very transmission-y. No, no, no. It, it wasn't <laughs> no, it trans- sounded rubbery to me. No, it was back the wheel, um, back wheel, definitely. What did I tell you it was? Oh, damn it. The uh, the caliper. No, not the caliper. It's a disc. I don't think it's the disc. I don't think the disc doesn't move. How can it make noise? It can't make noise. No, it's what goes around the discs. Then it's that problem, not the disc. <laughs> anyway, the uh, thank you. The publicity caravan which, that precedes the tour is nearly 13 miles long, and in that caravan you'll see motorcycles handing out goodies to the public. 
Wow. Okay? There are nine mountain stages, nine flat stages, and one hilly stage, and two time trials in this year's tour and two rest days. <laughs> Riders can expect to spend between four and seven hours in the saddle, averaging between five miles an hour and 60 miles That's an hour. That's got to be. Ah, you just pull over and whiz. That's what, even the riders? Yeah. That's what they do. I'm telling you. I've seen it on TV. Well, you think, man, because those, those bicyclers are, are going. They ain't stopping. No, they don't freaking stop. They, they don't stop. Oh, i got to take a piss. No, no. If they, if they do, if, if they call it a nature break, if a guy has to pee on the, uh, on the bike, he pulls over and just goes. Doesn't matter where he is, that they go. Every, so, no matter what they're doing. No matter what they're doing. And you'll even see some guys pull over to the side of the road and just kind of like, as they're on the bike, adjust their shorts so they can whiz while they're moving. you got to watch the tour. It's I fun. just pee on the guy in front of me. You're like, get out of my way. Uh, the tour <laughs> runs this year. But that's, that's crazy. That's what they do, man. I'm telling but you. Why is that legal? If I did that here, if I, you did it. It's, it's a race. Yeah, it's a race. It's, what does it's that mean? It's a race. It's, it's a professional race. my ass. The tour runs between July 2nd and July 24th. It's a total of 2,186 miles in 21 days. So check wow. that out. Tour de France. Uh, it's on um, NBC Sports. We could do that one day on the motorcycle. NBC Sports. <laughs> yeah. you could. How many miles? Uh, 2,186 miles in 21 days. Wow. They're averaging about between 100 and 130 miles a day. Oh, yeah. So That's that's Lofford. That's, that's a lot. That's amazing. Lot. And I tell you, some of those mountain stages are kick-ass, man. And imagine going up uphill. You're on your motorcycle. You're going uphill. You got a guy on behind you with a camera, and he's moving around like people we don't like moving around on the, when you're riding. Somebody's riding on the bike with you, and they're moving around, and you're going five miles an hour. We got to research this because <laughs> I'd like to know. I'd like to know if there's some kind of a test that you have to pass to make sure I, that you are a capable sure rider. I will find out. To deal with that. I will find out. I think that's because that's for you. You know, because like you said, I would love to do that. They don't want any Joe Blow. Oh, yeah, I can ride with somebody on the back of me. Yeah, what if that guy's got his camera? I've seen him, man. They're, they're like, they hang off the side of the bike. Yeah. They're, they're messing up the whole balance of the bike when I watch them. Oh, yeah. And those guys don't budge. Nope. They they're like flawless. Budge at all. So that means they got to be experienced for now, riders, man. many times... Uh, fans on the side of the road will get in the way and they'll get smacked by these bikes. And and recently in uh, in this tour, uh, three stages ago, they were coming towards the last uh, kilometer of the race, and they had these banners. They call they call them the uh, they have these inflatable banners that go over the road and they hang a red flag from it, and that's considered just one kilometer to go. Right now these. Things are held up by because they're they're blown up. They got fans that blow air. Think like those things you right. see on the side of the road. Those goofy right. things, right? Know. It's one of these things. They were approaching this motorcycle, and there was a cyclist who was like hauling ass in there. He was doing about 35, 40 miles an hour, and the thing collapsed when he got to it, and it fell right in front of him. He went ass over tea kettle. The motorcycle guy just like ran right into it. So it's like it shouldn't have happened. But it's one of those things. It's one of those things that happens. It's one of those things where you tell the rider, just ride. And you know why it happened? Because the spectator walked by the generator and unplugged the generator. See, people are pieces of shit. People are idiots. That's what happened. Somebody unplugged the generator and it went off. Assholes. In other news, Harley-Davidson buyout rumors are around again. <laughs> Who's All buying right. This time? Now, rumors have it there uh, it's got, that there's a private investors, a company called KKR. 
is a company and they're considering buying HD amid all the scuttlebutt of poor sales and higher competition. The same rumor was around several years ago and included the same investors. Now, these investors, the KKR people, uh, apparently as a company, and these guys are, as I understand, are brutal. They are basically pirates. They come in, they plunder, they pillage, they sell everything off, and then they leave. They don't give a crap about the company. They don't give a crap about the product. But they're just money. They're, they're just, just about get, win, getting the money, selling right. shit off. Now, uh, th- this is just a rumor, and I, I hope this doesn't happen because that would be very bad for Harley Davidson. The same thing happened when AMF bought Harley. AMF, Chris. Yeah. That was the Weird. that was the freaking bike that gave Harley the bad name. That they Leaky did. and fucking all the crap. Because that they, shit. Were, they were bowling ball people. What the hell do they know about motorcycles? <laughs> <laughs> So, as you know, I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm audiobook. So, that's all the news I got. You guys got any other news? No? Nope. Let's move on to audiobooks real quick. I am currently listening to the free audiobooks. Audiobooks, okay. Listeners of Motorcycle Man Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day 30, 30 free trial. Give you the opportunity to check out the service. The audiobook I'm listening to now is Distant Sons by Sam Manicone. It's every day an adventure. Him and his girlfriend are going around the world. This is book three. She wasn't his girlfriend in the second one. Well, they just met. But anyway, he had a back injury, an absolute back injury. He had herniated discs and bulging discs, and he couldn't walk. But he was on his motorcycle, and he's still doing this ride. Wow. And eventually, he got to the point where they had to fly him back to England wow, so he wow. could get an operation. Because they wow. told him, if you continue, you will not be able to walk ever again. Wow. So good on uh, him. So he, he actually got the operation, and it took him a few months, but then he started resuming his trip. I haven't finished the book yet, but it's a, it's a great listen. It's a really, really great listen. Uh, so, but to download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash motorcyclemen. Still haven't done it. And, yes, yeah, still haven't done it. Just like you haven't gotten your road ID yet. <laughs> fucking great company. <laughs> I was wearing mine. I was wearing mine. Yeah, absolutely. I always wear it. Uh, uh, so we just had our little interview with. Uh, it looks Beckham. pretty on me in my mind. Yes, I, I can imagine. What color are you going to get? Pink. <laughs> you can get any color you want. They got new ones out. Pink now. with purple polka dots. They've got all kinds of news. You got to go to roadid.com and get your road ID. Yes. This way, next time you hit your head on the ground, I hope there isn't a next time. But uh, if you do, you can you can like ah, and you can hold your arm up and they can see your road ID. Next, oh, we can find out who he is. Fuck that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Or if you get ESR working. You can get the crash predi- the, the, the crash light. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of hearing about ESR. We eat, have eat shit ride. <laughs> eat, eat a shitty ride. That's what it means. That's great. I, it's, eat a oh, shitty ride. You're not helping. That's great. You're not helping. Yeah, they're they're going to love that if they listen to our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> make a program that doesn't fucking crash every fucking yeah. day. So uh, we got some events coming up on uh, Sunday, July 17th. That in Whiting, New Jersey, is the first annual riding to save lives motorcycle run. It's a 60-mile uh, ride. There will be information on our website for this. Again, all these rides coming up, there's going to be links to all this. Uh, Sunday, July 17th, is also in Port Monmouth, the 7th annual Special Olympics run, sponsored by the New Jersey Knights of Columbus. Uh, it's a 45-mile escorted ride. Uh, July 23rd, in Rochelle Park, uh, the 5th annual MC run for um, Homeless Paws. Homeless, homeless animals. Nice. Ooh, that's that's a nice one, right? Yep. Uh, Sunday, July 31st. Now, I don't know, Chris, maybe you know something about this. Uh, it's the, in up in Pompton Lakes, it's the 18th annual Miracle Run. Yes. Sponsored by the, now, is Cranford involved with that? That's the, that's a National Elks uh, 
run it, I believe. Because they asked if we'd be interested in coming up and doing the show up there. Why not? Uh, we could, if you wanted to. They're going to be raffling off a 2016 streak line. So I'll put a, li- I'll put a no, link to this. Well, that's what I'm saying. I've been to the BIC run. It's, uh, it's cool. It's a cool hangout. It's a lot of food, too. Now, that's uh, that's for Elks Clubs throughout New Jersey, vendors, correct? A ton of vendors. Okay. It's national. Um, it's a national thing. You're going to see Elks. The oh, okay. Elks so check with your state. local Elks Club if you're in the United States. Of yeah. course, you can do that. As far as I know, I think um, it's a national one. Also, and on August 7th, as we were talking about this earlier, on Sunday, August 7th, uh, in Clark, the Knights, Knights, or bleh, how can I say this? Knights in the Woods, sponsored by the Blue Knights, is the 50-mile uh, escorted ride from the Deutsche Club in uh, Clark. There you go. There, see? That's going to be going out. So that's on August 7th. That's the ride we can get involved in. You're going to put all this info on the site, right? Yes, be, all this information will be on the website. There will be a links to all this cocky duty, so we'll know all about it. Uh, testing. we got some gear we're testing. Now, how is that uh, TomTom thing you're using? Uh, I'm testing the TomTom Bandit action camera, and I'm finding that it is a fun camera to use. It's similar to a GoPro. Actually, I will say this. It's different than a GoPro. It's different in that. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I don't mean that. I mean, they're obviously different products, but I yeah. mean, it, it's it's supposed to do the same kind of thing. Kind of okay. Okay, because now, as, as you as you recall, Tim, because you were laughing at me, I had the GoPro on and the Bandit helmet on my helmet. Right. Comparison. Good. Comparison. I did this. The uh, the GoPro died before the ride finished. Really? It died. But I had plenty of battery life left with the Bandit. Wow, that's and nice. the Bandit is based on a micro SD card USB system. So Does I have an internal battery. It had an internal battery. Yeah, See, I mean, that, it's just like a GoPro. No, we, also, we also have to put it out in there, not to the pick on one more than the other. But you might have an older. I do older have version, an older one. I do GoPro. have an older one. I'm going to try to get a hold of a newer GoPro and do a test side by side with them. I wouldn't be surprised if it's better. They have bigger batteries for those, too. Yes, they do. Yeah. And they have different that. versions of it. Like, you can get the real, you know, there's a, yeah. there's a medium, small, medium, or... Well, the GoPro, I think it's the, the black it is now. I don't really yeah, sure well, check Yeah, well, there's different versions. There's different versions. I bet you that has I do want to check that out and find out what, because it's got the remote. This one, the thing about this band that is, is that you, if you... It has all kinds of accessories you can get for it, and naturally none of this stuff comes with it, and you have to buy accessories. They give you a couple mounts. The mount, uh, unlike the GoPro, the GoPro is a, you mount it on your helmet or wherever you're going to mount it, and it's adjustable. You can tilt it forward or backward, and it's good. With the Bandit, when you mount it, you better damn sure make sure that thing is straight and level, pointing the direction you want it, because there is no vertical or horizontal adjustability of it. It's fixed. Oh, that's the problem, huh? Yeah, it's fixed. The only thing you can do with it is if you mount it, like I mounted it on the side of my helmet, you can spin the entire game. The camera spins on itself. It's got a little rotational axis, a center axis, where you can spin it. But I will say this. Well, what, why, why is that necessary? Well, that, like I said, if you, you mount it on... up and down just as much and right and yeah, left. Right. But like I said, if you, I got it mounted on the side of my helmet, so rather than it, the image being sideways, I could just spin it, and then it will point straight. But again... If you don't have it, fortunately, I did have it mounted straight in the direction I wanted to point it. But if you don't mount it straight, it's well, going to be cocky. You can't do nothing about it. They don't give you a mount for it that's... Uh, They're fixed worth. mounts. It's oh, a fixed wow. mount. Yeah, that's weird. It's It comes off of the mount really quick. You just squeeze it, boom, it pops right off. Uh, the audio quality in comparison with the uh, GoPro, it's the same. It's uh, you can't. The difference is, I don't know about the new GoPro, but... 
the older GoPro that I have. You cannot hook up an external microphone. Well, what do you need a microphone for, really, if you're riding for motorcycle riding? Well, no. What do it, you need a microphone Say, for example, if you have a full helmet, you can actually narrate or do a video blog. Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of videos. A lot, there, there's a lot of, lot, lot of vlogging out there, and, and, and I'm sure guys uh, do that. They're narrating the ride. Yeah. So say if instruction. I would do that, but I would have to buy the accessory to attach to this thing to do that. Right. Uh, I will say this about the Bandit. Great indoor quality. The indoor quality is fantastic, whereas the GoPro indoor quality sucks. So, what? That's useless if you're using it for bike riding. Look at me walking from my house out to the bike. Ah, the carriage is yeah. away crappy. But I'm gonna. I, I have a lot more. A lot more testing I want to do with it. Uh, but its upload is really simple. I, it basically, you just pull it apart and plug it into the USB port, and you're done. Nice. And there it is. That's really fantastic. And we're also going to be testing the TomTom uh, Tom Rider 400 GPS. Yes, we have that, a great uh, Tim has it. Or, I don't know who's going to test it. Tim or Chris. Either way, we're going to test it. probably going to do it more. You're going to test it? it every day. So you just got to slap that sucker on your bike and go for a ride. this and, weekend because we've got to run the wires and make sure everything's yeah, nice and just tight do that. and tidy. Take it for a ride and do a great review of it. It's, yeah. got, it's, got, the, it's got a great uh, curvy roads feature. Well, you could say, I want to go, like like we said earlier, you want to go to Round Valley, set it for Twisty Roads, and just follow it. And it'll pair up with your uh, with your phone if you wanted it to. So play with it. Yeah, we're yeah. going to find out. We're do that. Or do a nice review. Uh, I've been testing the Spot Trace. Uh, as we talked about it review. so far? It's really cool. I like it a lot. I mean, I got that thing sending me a little breadcrumb every two and a half minutes. Letting me know where the bike's been, or where I've been, or where the car's been, or whatever. Something like that. And it's really, really fantastic. It sends me a little email that says, hey, uh, your truck is here, your bike is here, and it's, it's really cool. Um, very disturbing if you're sitting inside your work and you have the bike outside and it says, your bike is now here. Your bike is well, that's just it. That's, just, uh, that's what's cool about it. And I think, what, for all intents and purposes, you can pretty much attach this to anything you want. Say, for example, just you leave your iPad somewhere, and if you have that there... You could follow it. <laughs> Just whatever you want to go. I, it's fantastic. I, I really, really like it a lot. Um, my bike or my truck is really never out of my sight, so it's really hard. But if you, I suppose if you wanted to be a creepy guy and wanted to follow somebody, you could stick it in their car. <laughs> it's well, let's not creepy. put that in anybody's Yeah, head. it's kind of creepy, yeah. Uh, I've also been testing the Garmin Zumo 395. That's the one you have. Right? That's the one I have. And I'm going to be t- Well, actually, I have the 390. And this is the newer version, the 395LM. And there's going to be a review coming up probably in our next episode with that. I've been, I've been playing with it and been testing it. Uh, and I'm going to compare the 390 to the 395 and just see how it goes. But it's really cool. It's really cool. I mean, the inter- interface and feature is pretty similar to the 390. They changed a couple things. I don't know why, but they did. Does it feel any better to you? They're exactly the same as far as it goes for they mounting and all that crap like that. They're exactly the same. Uh, it's a good performance product. Performance is not better. Nah, the performance is the same. I mean, I think I, I can't. No complaints about the performance. Uh, which brings me to the SMH10. Okay, now you and I both have that, and one of the things that I had noticed that uh, when you and I are connected, and then we had Chris connected when we were going to America, I I kept saying Chris sounds like he's like off in the middle of nowhere, like his volume was really low. Turns out. That the guys who have the 20S have the same exact problem. The guy, the Loud Pipes guys, John, Rico, and um, uh, Rich, 
They had the same problem. They kept saying, "Yeah, but you know, John sounded like he was, he was like off in the middle of nowhere. He couldn't barely hear him." Oh, that's not good. And so it's even a more expensive. I don't know. Version. Yes, I don't know. Nobody knows why that is. Oh, it's just really, business. really weird. Well, I think we should get them on. on. Got to find out what's going on with that. Why is why that? Why don't we get them on here? Try to get them. We can do that. On. And so, like, for example, when we were doing really the high point ride, I could hear you. I could talk. I could talk to you, and I could have my cell phone, but I couldn't have the navigation from the GPS. Why? One GP, I guess one Bluetooth thing at a time. I can't I, yeah, maybe, or maybe I'm limited to two Bluetooth devices. I don't know. It was just strange that I couldn't have one. I was like, okay. And if, if See, these are all questions. We've got to get somebody from the company. We're going to have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that. So what's coming up, guys? You guys have got some riding coming up? I don't know yet. You don't know yet? Are you still on vacation or are you done yes, with Yes, I am You're on vacation. vacation the rest of the week. It's like retirement. It's so freaking nice. You're on temporary retirement. You ain't kidding. I do what I want when I want. Yeah. And nobody's telling me what to do. Okay. I'm not telling awesome. you what to do. Nobody's telling me. Okay. It's a wonderful thing. I get up when I want to get up and I do what I want to do. Right. How about you? Do, do, we how about, do, how about you, Chris? Do, you got some riding coming up, Chris? You doing any riding? Uh, yeah, I'm going to ride when I ride. I mean, I'm riding every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rode here. I rode here tonight. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm erratic. I mean, I'm a, I, I, you know, I can't tell you what did you say last weekend. You had every opportunity to ride, but you slept in like a slug. Yeah, that was the one day. Yeah, I was just a complete bum. I didn't want to go nowhere. <laughs> didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do right? fucking thing, right. Sometimes you just got to veg. I got on my bike and went and had a coffee. I was like, All right, I'm done today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know you activated ESR when you did that, right? Oh, yeah. And cursed it the whole fucking time. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, every day is uh, something different with me. I mean, I uh, you know, I ride around a lot because I'm going to and from work and sometimes from different job sites during the day. Yeah. I get to ride around a lot. And then after that, I go for my uh, after-work rides. Yeah. And that can be anywhere from, shit, I've gone down to Sandy Hook. I'll take a ride down to shore. Out in you never come see me. Round Valley. I haven't seen Ted. <laughs> That's funny. That'll be next too because uh, this Thursday I'm talking about uh, fireworks. If, yeah, going down fireworks, fireworks in Point Pleasant. All right, That's so cool. that'll be another ride. There you go. Why don't you come see us at our thing? They're going to have fireworks there too. I'd have a lot of miles on ESR if the fucking thing worked. Yeah, so I ride a lot. Ah, well, I mean the the ride to because we're, the Human Wheels, our band, is playing at the uh, Freedom Fest. State Fair at the Horse Park of New Jersey in Allentown, New Jersey. Uh, exit 11 <laughs> off of Route 195. And the temperature is going to be 95 degrees. And we're playing outdoors. We're going on at 7 o'clock. And we're going to be sweating our ass off. Because we were in uh, uh, Maryland and Ohio last That's week. Right, we were. That was a trip. Uh, you Did you guys ride out there? No. I'll tell you, there's, there's got to be some ma- major riding back there because there's a lot of hills. No, but the roads are looking, probably must be awesome as hell. But yeah. we've only been on the highways. Yeah, we were, we were only on the highways all the way out there, but uh, we we're, were looking like, my God, look at these roads. I wish I was on the bike right now. There's some beautiful stuff. Uh-oh. What's that noise? <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it was beautiful. I tell you what, it was great. I mean, I thought Maryland was. I, I was surprised. I thought Maryland. I never would have imagined Maryland would have been as hilly yeah, and rugged as like that. Uh, we went through West Virginia for a little bit. West Virginia was awesome. West Ohio. West Virginia was absolutely awesome. We were like twenty five hundred, twenty five hundred feet above sea level. That's right. Yeah, we, it we was were. pretty awesome. <laughs> it was really cool. You know, but it rained the entire freaking way. Yes. 
Cock-a-duty. All the way from Maryland, all the way to Ohio, rain the entire day. Cock-a-duty. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but anyway. Um, so I got nothing else going on. Well, first, we should say hello to our friends, the guys, uh, John, Rico, and uh, Rich at the Loud Pipes Podcast. Hello, boy. And, of course, uh, Kevin and Larry at the uh, Throttle Podcast. Hello, boy. And uh, our goofy friends out there in uh, Santa Cruz. Hello, and goofy boys. Motorcycles <laughs> and Misfits. And uh, the Cleveland Moto guys. And, Motor guys, uh, yes. With Wheel Nerds Wheel in nerds. Utah. And uh, who am I forgetting? I don't know. Right. There we go. There you have it. There it is. I guess that's it. I got nothing else. You got anything else? Nothing else. You nah. know, what I, know what I got? What do you got? Rod, like nobody sees you. Nah, okay, cool. Chris, what do you got? I got the... Uh, <laughs> Here it comes. We got got come on. Come on. Come on. What is it going to be? I got an itch into my nipples. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I got. <laughs> nipples would be in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all for us. This is uh, Motorcycle Men, and uh, I'm Ted, also known as Wrong Way, for obvious reasons. And uh, I still don't know how that applies. Yeah. I just because you're going out and coming back. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here with Tim Buck too, and we're also here with uh, Chris the Joker. <laughs> and we are the Motorcycle Men. Thank you very much. Please check us out on the web, motorcyclemen.us, and get out there and ride, people, and um, all that poo cocky duty stuff. You know, and we're gonna have this up soon. You know, I'm like, oh, by the way, no, never again. I'll talk about. Okay. Screw it. Yeah. And that's it. I guess we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> goodbye. Bye. God damn mics are so loud. Motorcycle Men, visit our website at www.motorcyclemen.us. There, you can join our mailing list or leave a comment and maybe give us some feedback. We always welcome your thoughts. If you'd like to email the Motorcycle Men directly, email to motomenpc at gmail.com. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Links for each of them are on our website. If you'd like to talk to us directly and tell us about your ride, you can do that via Skype. Our Skype name is Moto Men PC. And if you find yourself doing nothing on a Tuesday night between 7.30 and 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, check in with us and we'll make you part of the show. If you're a good guest, we just might send you some stuff. 